This is John Mitchell. You're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Welcome to Fulham Focus Podcast. My name is Don Love, and I'll be the host for today's show as we gear up for part two of the Premier League journey so far. We'll be looking ahead at the clash for this weekend with Premier League champions Manchester City. But before we go any further, I really want to thank Fulham legend John Mitchell for introducing the show. John holds a special place in both our hearts and history books, as he will always be remembered as the man who took us to the FA Cup final in 1975. He did this with a last-minute winner at Main Road. Mitchell joined Fulham in 1972, making 170 league appearances. He scored 57 league goals for us and formed a lethal partnership with his fellow striker, Vib Busby. It was his winning goal, though, in the FA Cup semifinal against Birmingham City that he will be most fondly remembered for. He's a true legend in every essence, and we really want to thank him for introducing the show and giving us his continued support. Now I'd like to go on and introduce my host, First up will be John. Hi there. And a returning guest, Mark. You're all right, guys. Yeah, how's everybody doing? Yeah, very well, thanks, Don. How have you been? Uh, you know, it's uh, hurricane season over here in the States, so we are getting off and on torrential rain here in Atlanta. Uh, I think we're going to dodge a couple bullets. We've got a couple coming towards us. I feel bad for the guys up north, though. It looks like it could be hitting them hard. So at any rate... Let's go on. I want to really hit right away. The main talking point for this show is going to be the Man City coming up game. Big team, big challenge for Fulham. We should start off by thinking about who's injured and, and who got up their international call-ups and how that might affect us. So right off the bat, who, who is the big call-up for Fulham, Mark, that you would brag about right now who did exceptionally well so far in this international call-up? Well, obviously, we're only halfway through. We've still got the, the, the second round of games to go. I think uh, in terms of, you know, international call-ups, I think Stefan Johansson played uh, played really well uh, for Norway. Uh, he's played twice. He scored uh, two goals in his in his first game uh, as Norway won 2-0. But I believe they uh, they lost their second game 1-0. But as far as performance-wise goes, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, who potentially could be coming into the side with with Kenny out still injured. I think Johansson's done himself a lot of favours. He played well in the cup as well. So, yeah, I looked at that performance, saw both his goals, uh, good all-round performance from him. So I think I'm happiest with uh, with Johansson in this window. So, Mark, uh, did you happen to catch Johansson's uh, performance? Yeah, oh, yeah. sorry, I John, mean... John, John. Did you catch oh, his performance? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Get a word in his for him. I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw, I saw the highlights um, and, you know, it's it's great great to have our kind of not necessarily starting eleven performing well for the international break. International breaks aren't always you know looked at kindly from from club teams, um, but but in this circumstance, you know, it's, it's done us a favour really with with Johansson especially. Mark, you you said you saw it right? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was off work for the day and uh, the game came on and I saw he started. Uh, and I I genuinely watched the whole ninety minutes. It was a bit of a 
Um, it was, a, I mean, the football wasn't wasn't quality the whole time round, but uh, Johansson did play well. Some slick passes in there. His free kick was was sublime as well. So I took my hat off to him for that. Uh, but no, it was an okay game. So I'm actually I, I like Johansson a lot. And my family and I, we just did a trip at the beginning of the summer to, to Norway. I was surprised when I walked into a shop over there to get a shirt that when I said I wanted his name on the back, they were like, really? Like, what do you mean, really? They, they didn't the- se- seem to think he was all that great. I was like, hey, well, he's a Fulham player and he, he's been doing fantastic for us. I thought he was their captain. It, that's what, I, Yeah. So I was just surprised these these two people in the shop were, you know, they're like, you know, there are other legends. I was like, I don't want one of your legends. I want a Fulham player. Tough crowd. <laughs> I'm telling you. Now, those were also the the two Norwegians that were in the shop. They were big Liverpool fans. That's all they could talk about was Liverpool. So I, I, I don't know any Norwegians that play for Liverpool. Are there any Norwegians that play for Liverpool? <laughs> Not that I can think of. Yeah, so I don't know why the hell they'd be a Liverpool fan. At any rate. What about injuries? Uh, I know for City, you know, the big one that they, they probably are, are wishing could play is the Kevin Dubron. Him in the midfield, I think it's got to be hurting them. They're also miss, missing a, I don't know if he plays left or right back, the Claudio Bravo. Anybody else injured that you guys know of for City, Mark, that might affect them? Uh, well, we spoke earlier, didn't we, about Raheem Sterling and, and, and maybe he could uh, he may be injured going into it. We're not too sure. But other than that, you know, their the squad is quite fresh. Um, I think the most dangerous thing about this City team is that even though all of their starting 11 and most of their bench players play regularly for the international teams, they're elite level players and, and they will always be ready to go. It's early parts of the season, but even towards the end of last season, you know, they, they broke records in the league. Even towards those last couple of games, they, they didn't let up. They were still battling from the front in the very final minutes of every game. They're Honestly, Pep Guardiola has them drilled so well on fitness. Injury-wise, I mean, other than their, you know, their notable absentees who haven't played yet, we said about Danilo, Claudio Bravo, there aren't too many players who, uh, who aren't going to be featuring that are going to cause us who aren't going to cause us that too many problems, you know what I mean? So I think, yeah. obviously, we, we, we saw uh, uh, John Stones played for England. Benjamin Mendy had a cameo against the Netherlands. Vincent Company, Bernardo Silva, they've, they've all played minutes uh, internationally and they've all played well. As far as uh, that goes, I think it's, it's definitely going to be a tough game. We, we, we can't rely on any injuries to help us out, I don't think. And, and you know, I, I, you hate to be that person that, oh, they're injured, this is great. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, John, you got to just stop and think. It's City. That their bench is so deep with, with the strength of their squad. It's really unfair, uh, especially to other teams. You know how how just how awesome their squad can be. Is there anybody, John, that you're thinking of that you wish was maybe had a little knock or something that could keep them out? Um, well, in in fairness, I think we're we're quite lucky with um, De Bruyne because he, I think, he's probably the best player on on their team. I did see a rumour that um, Bernardo Silva might have a lot knock. He was maybe a slight doubt. Um, and he, he can kind of play in, in um, De Bruyne's position. So that would be good news. On the flip side, I wish Bravo was fit and playing because he was woeful <laughs> for them, really, in goal. So, um, yeah, that, that would be, that would, that would be a, a great result if he, if he could play. But, um, they've got quality everywhere, really. And I mean, I think the only player in our squad would be Seri who could even, you know, 
play with him. And I think he actually would be very, very, very good in that team. Um, and fingers crossed he doesn't go there. But uh, yeah, other than that, I think, you know, we, we really are kind of maybe looking up to them man v man. But fingers crossed as, as a team, we, we can come together. Yeah, you be careful there because I don't need you putting any ideas in uh, Pepe Marino's uh, head there about coming after a Fulham player. So let, let's keep all <laughs> our guys on the low downside and off the radar. He didn't so, have to win goal of the month, did he? Oh, God bless, <laughs> man. He has really come on strong. I mean, really strong. And you know how I, I, I'm not trying to be that person, but just the stereotype that people have about the Premier League versus say like the french league when you have a player coming over from the french league most times people look at it as yeah you know that was in the french league uh we'll let's see how he, he's going to do and they're not really expecting a lot i think right out of the gate he came on great and strong on the pitch for fulham i mean him and actually i know people aren't too happy with lima Chon, but don't you think he, both of them actually have done pretty damn well for us so far would you agree mark I, I, I'm glad you mentioned Le Marchon at the end there. I mean, a lot of people thought he'd just be kind of you know, the baggage that came in that deal. Uh, but it looks like a shrewd bit of business, if I'm totally honest. I mean, for the price that we got for them both, I think Le Marchon could easily stamp his way in, into a starting role uh, for the rest of the season, even with uh, the rest of our backline fit. So I'm really happy with him. And, and I mean, we can praise Seri every single week on this show and, and, and you know, lament about how incredible he is. Uh, I just want to enjoy him whilst he's here. We've I've said it every time I've watched him now. Um, I know some people are putting him it, down, you know, for his passes. He gives yeah. a couple of passes away and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, for for what we need right now and at the price we got, he's pretty damn solid. He's he's honestly he is incredible. I, I like we said before. I'm happy that he's playing so well, and the goal of the month is oh, it's a bit annoying. Uh, but you know, let's just enjoy him while whilst he's at Fulham because. If he carries on playing the way he is playing, then a, a, a bigger club will come sniffing for him. But I just want to enjoy watching him every week at the cottage and, and away. So long may that continue, I guess. So, John, if you think about this, Tom's out. If we're going to be using Siri, thinking about the international call-ups, you know, who, who might be too tired to play or, you know, like, say, Kevin McDonald or, or different ones. How would you, do you think in the midfield we might want to set up against City? Um, I think that's a great question. I mean, I, I've heard kind of rumblings about, oh, is, is this the game to play maybe five at the back? And there aren't many better times to, to play that defensively than against the champions away. But I was trying to... I agree. Kind of, I like that. I was trying to make the numbers fit. And I really struggled. The only system I could see that would kind of suit our style of play would, would be a 5-2-3. And I was, I was interested to get your opinions on this afterwards. In which case, you'd probably try and play more attacking wing-backs, um, but then only kind of Kay, Mac or Zambo and Seri in the middle. And then you really probably want a front three, Mitchell up top and Schurler, um Vieto or Sess or something like that. So, you know, there are, there are benefits to that, but I, I, I really had to get kind of almost kind of ram the, the players in. It didn't, it didn't feel right to be, to be a hundred percent honest. And, um, We've got such a tried and tested formula. We played it all last season. We, we never compromised. And that was probably the reason we were so successful that I think it's, um, I think it's difficult. I mean, my, if I was to go 5-2-3, I, I think I'd, I'd say Betts in goal, Fosu, Mawson, Le Merchant, Chambers, Brian at the back, 
K-Mac and Surrey in the middle, and then um, Vieto, Mitro and Schurler. But the midfield is weak, and City are so strong that there's a big, there's a bit of a gaping hole there for me. So um, I don't think I would go with that. But I just wonder what you guys think. And if there's a five at the back with a different formation, you think would, um, you know, would well, work? Five in the back is actually a very interesting thing, especially going up against City. And I think, Mark, you've brought this up in the past in different podcasts, uh, doing five in the back. The midfield, I agree, it's kind of questionable still. I want to say we're necessarily weak, but so many people just out on international duty right now, it, 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 you've got to just be wondering. I mean, like Siri, Cess, uh, Christy, you know, anybody who is going to play, be playing those back wings, they're all out, I believe. Uh, well, Brian didn't go. Is that right, Mark? Brian, he he didn't go to international. No, Brian Brian didn't get an international call up. Uh, if he did, it would have been for the uh, for the youth team anyway. Uh, but interesting, like you said about. Uh, but even in the youth the team, back. so like Cess got called up, right? Brian got called. Yeah, Cess got called up in the under twenty ones. And interestingly enough, actually, Deli Ali has recently been uh, taken out of the uh, of the first team for the Switzerland game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if. Ryan actually gets, you know, the nod to go and play with Southgate uh, against Switzerland. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I know they've already called up Ben Chilwell and Damari Gray uh, from the under-21s to, to play in the I mean, first good team. for him if he does. Uh, but but my only recently, Deli Ali came out, yeah. Well, my concern, though, still is of the back five, if we're going to play a back five and the midfield, so many of these players have been playing, you know, this week. Hopefully that's not going to interfere with, with our game. If you were going to set it up, Let's say you were going to do a back five. Would you do the same as John there? Or do you think you've got a little bit different you'd set up for the back five in the midfield? I, th- I think I agree uh, that a back five is probably necessary. Um, I think what McDonald is is great at as well, what I would probably want to see him maybe start ahead of Anguissa um, is probably because he likes to he likes to tuck in in the back, uh, in the back line. And usually when we have four at the back here, He'll sit in between the two centre-backs. I think what could work is if we have that back five, but kind of play Brian and Fossi Mentor a little bit further up the field and let maybe K-Max sit in with Seri kind of roaming in that midfield area. Uh, it's so difficult against Man City because of that midfield. Fernandinho is an absolute workhorse in that middle. And obviously David Silva, he's retired from international duty, so uh, he won't have been uh, tested uh, over the break. So he'll be putting the strings in midfield for sure. Um, I think what we've got to do is go out there and, and try and commit to playing our own style of football and then, you know, kind of make adjustments as we go on. If we can hold out and not concede, then we can maybe look at, you know, going taking the game to City. But honestly, I think we're going to have to look at this defensive minded. You're away at the champions. You can't, you have to show some kind of respect at the same time. So I think it's going to be a very difficult game, but one I'm looking forward to. And I think when we get to uh, two o'clock on on Saturday and the lineup comes out, I think there'll be a few surprise faces around because I think Slav may throw a little curveball in there. I don't know what it will be yet, but I I don't think we're going to be looking at you know a, a traditional Fulham lineup on Saturday. I really don't. Well, he's thrown several curves at us so far. I, I don't think there's been a game he hasn't surprised us with something. So I think it's fully expected. John, let me ask you this: both of you have, have talked about McDonald, but with Johansson's performance, you know, you've got to think there's we, we've got to be looking at there's some way to get him more involved and more playing minutes. Do you think he maybe he could start ahead McDonald? I mean, I know he's got a, the games and everything this week. Both of them do. But 
might he not be the better option for this particular game the way he you know just kind of gets there and gets a little cheeky with some of his tackles and his little nonsense uh might not he be uh, the better option i i would say to um to kmac no i i wouldn't drop kmac for or for love my money for that game to be honest I, I think um i mean so the kind of the five at the back which actually it's a funny formation because you could you could call it a five at the back or you could call it a three at the back and then the wing backs pushing forward to bolster the, the midfield there so it's it you know I'm, i'd actually i'm not sold on on that formation personally but i thought i'd put it out there because you know it's interesting i i think if kenny is out because i heard he was a doubt i think if he is a doubt this is a very good game for him to sit out to be honest because we probably haven't got the, you know i'd looked at the bookies and, and, and um we're we're 25 to 1 to win this game so that then they're not we're not fancied, um, and there would be no great shame in, in, in losing this game. I think Johansson with K-Mac w- would be quite good because um, Johansson just does not stop running. He's got great energy, and he, he just properly box the box, but he just covers every blade of grass. So against City, those legs would, would be really, really helpful, as long as he's not you know, completely knackered from, um, from the international break. Um, and, and another thing I was thinking is, well, Anguissa is also very mobile when I've seen him and, and probably doesn't have quite a, a cool as head as K-Mac. But obviously, if you've got Zambo and Johansson behind Seri, then you've got two really mobile players, one slightly more defensively minded behind Seri, which would which would really you know help to bolster the, the midfield there. But but that would, in my opinion, have to be in a, in a 4-3-3 in our kind of traditional system. And um, if we would do that, I'd probably swap... Fosu Mensah for, for Christie. I, I don't. I've not seen enough of either of them, but I think Christie might might be slightly the, the better defender. And so, I think Mensah was nowhere to be seen for one of Brighton's goals. So having someone a bit more defensively minded might be good. One point I wanted to to go and um, come up with is um, I think Slav was saying that we obviously had this international break and he was really keen on working with the defence and and uh, getting them up Thank to shape. God. Thank God, indeed. I think. I, I hope, I'm not sure, but to, to try and spend two weeks preparing your defence for City is probably not, it's not what I hope he did. I would be much happier if he kind of got the defence sorted out for, for most of the other games. And then, you know, we, we, we hope things click against City and, and we can stifle them. But, you know, that it, it's such a kind of one-off game. There's not many teams as good as them. and I, I'd be more... I'd, I think time would have been better spent kind of doing it for the, for the majority of the game. So, you know, fingers crossed we see immediate improvements, but I wouldn't be too up, you know, I wouldn't be distraught if, if, if it wasn't, um, you, know, you know, the greatest defensive display ever against probably the best attacking side in the league. So, I know we keep talking about this back five. Um, so, what, what I'm saying is I think, I think I would go for a back four because, because our success has been... The, the consistency of our, you know, we don't change. We, we, we do what we do well and we let other teams. So that was going to be my next question. That, okay. that was going to be my next question to, to Mark there. As, as John is saying, you know, I, I'm gathering that John, even though he has suggested the back five, John is more saying that we just keep going down the road we, we're, we're doing now. We don't necessarily readjust at all for City. I don't know that I, I, I can see people's points and I could see being stubborn saying, we're, we're, we're going to do what we do. But I kind of feel like if you're a manager in the Premier League, you've got to look at each team and look at what their strengths are and how to play to their weaknesses. So, John, 
do you think, or I'm sorry, Mark, do you think we should be playing the same way we always play? Or do you think we should set up a little different, maybe go more defensive minded, uh, do something different? What, what do you think, John? I mean, Mark. <laughs> um, I, th- I think obviously there is that level of pragmatism that you have to have in the Premier League. You can't approach every single game uh, uh, the same way, obviously. I think we do need to be uh, obviously wary of the of the Manchester City threat uh, in the fact that they, they do like to pass it and and they will try and, you know, drag us out wide and, and then, you know, use that threat they've got in intricate passing through the middle. One thing I think is interesting is that They've often been cited, Man City, as as not having that much of an aerial threat. I personally don't see it because when they, you know, when they play their their centre backs and obviously John Stones, Vincent Company, Otamendi, uh, not like they're lacking physicality. No, not at all. Um, I think that could be something that we would look at to, you know, try and work hard on. But then again, set pieces haven't really been our our forte this season. No. Um, I think it's it's interesting if you look at. Um, uh, the the friendly we played uh, during the international break. I forget the Spanish team it was. I believe it was a ATK. Maybe I think it was ATK. We tried we tried a, a few new things out. We put Chambers in midfield. Uh, I think the back four was Mawson, Lamarchon, Adoy, Brian. So you know we're not looking at if if we were going to play a back five, I would have probably looked at that game and thought, well, this is probably the time that we would try out in. And the fact that we haven't maybe suggest that we will stick with the back four. Like I said, I think Slav, you know, he'll, he's got to be pragmatic in this kind of a game. And we're not going to expect to have much of the ball on Saturday. So I think we need to focus on, you know, winning that midfield battle. And if that means playing four at the back and, and still keeping that three in midfield, then, uh, then we've just got to hope that we can, we can do well with it. Obviously, without Kearney, I think maybe, you said it earlier, I think it could be a blessing in disguise. Seri and Kearney obviously play kind of similar games. So, Maybe having uh, Seri, Zambo and Johansson or K- hopefully K-Mac instead of Zambo and maybe give Johansson a nod as well. I, th- I think just as long as we have a couple of defensive-minded midfielders in there, I think it'll be an interesting game, but I'm not expecting too much. Uh, uh, one thing I will say, actually, is I'm hoping that AK-47 gets a chance. And I, even if it's off the bench or if he starts, I really want him to, to get at City. And he's such a... A uh, player that flourishes uh, under pressure, and I think he could give him a really tough game if he gets going. So, I again, I'm not saying completely change our style, okay? But I do think we've got to adjust to various teams, especially the top teams. So, for me, instead of playing a four-three-three, I'd like to maybe go more to a four-two-three-one. And the reason being is because I'd like to see two midfielders or holding midfielders kind of sitting in front of the back four to help with that barrage I'm, I'm expecting of passes and, and through balls and stuff like that. So me personally, I wouldn't mind seeing K-Mac sitting back there with somebody else, whether that's Johansson or um, I, I don't know, uh, Anybody. I just want I want to see him back there with somebody. And, and then in the midfield, you know, go with, say, I, I like AK starting. I, I could see AK out there with, say, Siri and, and Schuler, you know, making the, the, the mid three. And then, you know, hopefully uh, Mitro will be able to start as a striker. I know he just played a uh, full 90 minutes for Serbia. So I think my, my only my only um, concern with AK, I, I, lo- I do love him. I think there's definitely a player there, but 
for a game like I don't think his defensive awareness. I don't think he's quite savvy enough yet um, to play against that quality of, of players. And I, th- I think as well, the umming and ahhing we're doing just really shows what respect City deserve because they are an absolutely quality team. And even you know, both teams play well, they win. But I think obviously if we're behind, AK could be exactly what we need. But for me, I don't think he's probably defensively aware enough and positionally aware enough. For, I think for, for, for me, it's like the uh, it's the novelty of potentially having another Kamara secure a win away at Man City would be just perfect. It, <laughs> all the headlines would write themselves for me. Well, in that case, um, something else. <laughs> I, I've just been before the game. I was thinking kind of Kmac or, or Zambo because. The mobility of Zambo would be beneficial, but I think in a game like this, Zambo has not obviously started many for us. I mean, if we got absolutely trounced and he, you know, a misplaced pass, a bit like in the Europa League final, something like that, when it could, you know, it could get, get in his head where I think K-Mac's probably a little bit too wily for that. And if we lose, he'll just hold his hands up and say, right, move on to the next one. So I think we need to be careful that we don't kind of ruin any players in this game. Well, John, it, do you think you could see Zambo? John, do you think you could see Zambo and K-Mac kind of sitting back there? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I definitely do. I think another benefit of K-Mac is he's very good at just dropping back. So a back four could become a back five, potentially. You know, he, he can go there right. to, 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 to bolster it. I, th- I think I think that would be a very... I've really scratched my head over this lineup. So I think that would be a really a very smart um, decision. It would kind of set our cards out quite early. But, but Zambo is is more attacking than, um, than your average defensive midfielder, in my opinion. And um, he had a nice pass to... Um, Sorry, just before the uh, Brighton goal, which, you know, showed a bit of class. So think about this, you both of you. Okay, when we're talking about the lineup, okay, because so many people are out there on international call up. Okay, if uh, Metro has played 90 minutes for Serbia uh, already and he gets another 90 minutes here in the next game, because they've got one more, I believe. If you dropped, say, to a four, two, three, one so that we're a little more defensive, more in the back, okay? Who would you put up top instead of Metro if you said, okay, well, he's had so much time out there this last couple of weeks. Give him a little bit of break. Maybe he does a 20, 30-minute cameo. Come on. Who who else could we start up there right now? Uh, and, and keep in mind that, that we've got some injuries even up there. Floyd is out, and I believe Kamara is still out, right? Uh, both, I think, who? Cabano. Is that, is that what you said? Sorry. Cabano's, yeah, Cabano's injured. Kamara's still in, yeah. So it was Cabano who picked up the ankle. I thought both, yeah. two of them are dealing yeah. with ankle problems, yeah. right? Yeah, and Cabano are both out. Oh, okay. okay. I think, so I think AK's what... fine. You're right. AK's fine. So then that leaves you Schurler, AK, or uh, possibly... Um, What's his name? Vieto. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think I think um, realistically, you're looking between AK Schurler or, or Vieto. I think Vieto is kind of a centre forward by trade. I mean, I I, I would almost play. Um, I know that's what I they have on, him listed as. They have yeah. on the website. He's listed as a forward. I think I would I would play Mitro even if he was tied. To be honest, because I actually I mean, um, City haven't been starting company that often and and i wonder if they'll bring him in because because i think mitro could bully the, the usual starting central defenders and and um i think that is the one area on the pitch where you could say you know we we, we might have a slight advantage you know and i don't think mitro would want to miss it <laughs> if he got yeah, injured that's what, then that's, we would that's what i was elsewhere. thinking yeah, I, I don't think i think mitrovic is 
I'm just I'll worried about everybody complains that he, he isn't fit that even uh, in this last game we just had, he was looking very knackered there towards the end. Being being devil's Sorry. advocate, thinking about the way people think, you know, that maybe he's played a, a lot of minutes here lately. Maybe we should start someone else. Uh, and and this is where, you know, maybe Schurler starts up top since he just went with them uh, off to their nice little training spa. I say a spa. It looked like a really nice place they went uh, for a training camp. <laughs> At any rate, let's let's finish up our city preview by just talking real quick about all the international people that got called up. And especially I want to, when I go through the list, I want to finish up with talking about bets. Okay. So if you think about all the people that we've had called up and this is pretty actually impressive and shows the strength of our squad, as far as their international duties, you know, you got Ryan got called up for the U21s. Bettinelli got called up. Siri, uh, Angrisa, Sese, they all traveled to the African nation. I was going to say uh, something else, but they, they, there's to the African cup. Christie was out there with Wales, um, McDonald, Johansson, um, Metro. I think that's everybody. They, they've all been out there pretty far. So, uh, I mean, you know, as far as getting minutes and, and uh, being out on international duty. So it's, it's a pretty hefty amount of players we've got that are out. And, and hopefully that's not going to knocking on wood here, you know, uh, for, for the midweek games, hopefully nobody gets a knock and comes back injured or, you know, is out for something. I do think it's going to be interesting to hear the, the full lineup uh, for the city game. Now, when we talk about international duty, you got something to add? You want to add something? Well, I was going to just, yeah, just mention about, um, well, I think it's quite nice that most, most of our defenders stayed with the training camp. So that, that that's helpful. Um, also Christy, at least we now know we can't, we won't play Christie as a right winger because he he was played for Ireland against Wales and that didn't that didn't go too well. Yeah, um, I heard that. Why, yeah, why, what do you think so, he did wrong? What what made you really look at him and say, okay, he's definitely not a winger? I I don't think he did anything wrong. I just think it's it's not his position and it's um you know I don't think he's quite he's not the kind of goal threat of Cess and I don't know. I think a lot of Irish fans are a bit bemused by by that as well you know they think they've got better options there so you know at least at least we know not to play him there um and uh would you agree with that mark yeah definitely i mean um wales looked strong at home as well um so it probably didn't help him that uh, a lot of the time he was just you know running chasing the ball around but you know he it, it, not like he looked a fish out of water but uh it definitely wasn't the strongest position for him and like like john said um it kind of gives us a favor you know if we're ever strapped of uh, players to go in right wing, I don't think Christie will be too high up the list. I think Fosu Mensah's <laughs> probably got a uh, a shout ahead of him now. That's too bad. Okay, well, I, I'm going to finish up this international duty stuff and, and uh, uh, the city preview. I want to quickly, though, I do want to talk about Bet's call up for the international duty. I have to say, and if you've listened to me in the podcast before, I am a Bet's fan. Um, I also think that uh, a lot of people, for whatever reason, you are either in the bets camp or you're not, and there don't seem to be a lot of people who are on the fence, which is sad to me. I try and look at his performances uh, objectively. I don't think you know he's had awesome performances every game. I think overall he's pretty solid, though. Uh, I think a lot of people give him a stick for his uh, distribution, but if you look at some of the best goalies out there in this distribution – 
they're putting it out to the wrong players all the time. And when they're especially having to put it out to the wide players, it ends up going out. So I can't fault him all the time there. Uh, I know a lot of people do, but I give him kudos and I congratulate him for this call up. Mark, I know it's kind of sad he didn't get to play. <laughs> what do you think his chances are for the next game against uh, it's Switzerland you guys are playing, I believe, right? On Tuesday, yeah. tomorrow. Um, you, you I think got a good chance? I, I, I'm not sure if he'll, if he'll get the nod to play. I know, obviously, uh, the game against Spain was in the Nations League, so we're taking it a little bit more seriously. I, I, uh, I didn't expect to see a change of keeper at any point. Uh, maybe because it's a friendly, uh, we'll see a change of keeper at halftime. He is the fourth choice, so maybe he'll get on. Uh, I think the thing I was most happy with uh, is that he joined the England camp and he got to train. I think uh, getting a call up to the squad uh, and not playing isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I think he's, you know, he's got the chance to to go away with uh, some of the best, you know, coaches we've got uh, in England. He's buying into this kind of uh, incredible squad mentality that England have got now. Uh, getting to the semi-finals of the World Cup, that entire squad is now, you know, really confident and they really believe in themselves. Uh, and I think that that can't do any harm to uh, to Bettinelli for a player who never lacks confidence, but uh, sometimes, you know, maybe needs that reassurance. So for him to get the nod uh, and for him to be chosen by Southgate as one of the best keepers uh, that we have in this country, I think it's, it's really important for him. Uh, and I think it should, uh, and rightly so, give a lot of Fulham fans the uh, the kick up the back so that they deserve for, for, not, for not backing him. And uh, I, I did, to, to say this, actually, I saw a lot of people uh, online saying oh we should be happy for bets and and uh don't don't be disheartened i actually didn't see anyone that was disheartened for him i think everyone was really happy that he got the call up so you would hope just, so i mean yeah he's a exactly player. support the guy exactly it, it was great to see it um and i didn't to be honest, i didn't see anyone saying that he didn't deserve it or that we, we were upset with him or anything like that so no and it, and it couldn't happen a lot of people said this it couldn't happen to a nicer person i think everyone around the club thinks that bettinelli is just as much as a great guy on off the field as he is a great player on it. So I'm, I'm really happy for him. So John, do, do you think it was a deserved call up or do you think this was a one-off? Um, I mean, he's got, he's got age on his side. I do think he, he kind of deserves a call up. He probably is about fourth in line. If, I, if I'm honest, um, it's funny though, because I mean, he's only, I think he's only started two games this season, whereas last season when he was our, our keeper for what, 20, 27, six, seven games unbeaten. He would never have got a look in. So it's funny how as soon as you land in the Premier League, you're you're a much better player. But um, he, he is good, and I think I mean his distribution could improve. But he's he's not awful, I don't think. And our other keepers haven't shown that they're much better. And I watched Czech recently, who looked like a fish out of water. I mean, undoubtedly was a great keeper, but he clearly doesn't have the kind of passing out from from the back in his locker. I don't think. And uh, you know, it's, it's only one aspect of, of goalkeeping, but. I mean, it's really good that Betts is part part of that team. As I say, he's not he's not old. He's got a lot of time to improve, and he's kind of probably a few years short of being at his peak as a keeper. So he's, he's um, only twenty six, right? Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he comes. I mean, he's, I mean, he's it's one so of, funny people start talking about that as being old. No, well, keepers can go on for, for a long time. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good. What, what I did, I mean, he, it's not like he did nothing during the game. I saw him on the bench eating. A pie or a biscuit or something like that, and um, he I didn't drop a he, up pie. He, he didn't drop a crumb, so he's got great handling. So that's that's um, that's a plus. Great performance. Yeah, we got to avoid the pie, okay? At any rate, we do need to move on. So, as far as Man City goes, let's just do a quick prediction here, John. What do you think the final score could be? 
Oh, um, I think there could be a lot of goals, to be honest. My, my head is telling me 3-0, but my heart's saying 2-2. Two, two. Um, so let's go for 3-2, shall we? 3-2, okay. To Fulham, to Fulham. 3-2 to Fulham. Yeah, there you go. That that. Oh, there you that, go. There's, okay. There's, there's no logic there at all. But I don't want to. I don't want to kind of guess against us. That that is true heart speaking. What do you think, Mark? <laughs> well, I'm under a bit of pressure here because I actually said four two against Burnley, and I said two two against Brighton. So I feel like whatever I say is going to come true. Uh, oh, so geez. with that in mind, I'm going to go with four nil Fulham. <laughs> you go, boy. Get your money the positivity. Sadly, I am not as positive. I really do want to be. Um, I'm thinking three-one. Uh, I'm thinking to to Manchester City three-one, and that it'll be a good learning curve for our back four or or our back five. I'm hoping that this is going to be a game, though, that we can still show. Even at the top teams, we can still score and we can still compete uh, without being, you know, looking like complete fools or anything like that. So I still think we're going to be okay. Uh, I don't know that we're going to pull this one off, though. I'm really hoping for it. I I, I am pumped and I am going to say I I do want Fulham to win. Um, Just not feeling it. At any rate, that's going to wrap up our Manchester City preview. We are going to move on. Fulham. And welcome back, listeners. We're going to go ahead and move on to our Man City quiz. Got, oh, sorry. Before we do that, Don, uh, I have just seen uh, that Mitrovic has just opened the scoring against Romania for Serbia. They're, uh, they're playing in their friendly, but a goal for Mitrovic. So uh, on Mitro Watch continues for another week. That's always good news. You know, <laughs> hopefully that continues long in his Fulham career. So I, I am very happy to hear that. Hopefully he doesn't tire himself out too much in the celebration so he can start. Yeah, t- take him off. Take him, take him off now. Take Time him off to now. stop. Time to stop. All right, guys. So in our Fulham quiz, again, uh, listeners, this is always going to be about our upcoming match against the uh, team. Uh, this week will be against Man City. So our questions will be involved with Fulham games against Manchester City. Again, John and Mark, the first couple of questions will be multiple choice. There are two sets of questions and for the first round, John, I'll let you decide. Are you going to be set one or set two of the questions? Uh, I'll go set one. Set one. Okay, listeners, hopefully you have pen and pencil ready, and we will give you a bit of time to be able to answer the questions. Question number one, John. What was the score in our last game against Man City in the Premier League? Oh, dear God. Uh, actually, uh, this is multiple choice, so let me read them to you, okay? Answer number one is, was it 1v1, 3v0, 4v1, or was it 5-0? And if you remember, uh, can you, you for a bonus, can you remember, was it at Craven Cottage, or was it the at the Etihad? Am I saying that right? Yes, um, I think this quiz was my idea in the in the beginning, and I'm really wish I'd never said it before. Uh, I'm going to go for D. Optimistic. D. Okay, you're correct. The answer was five zero. It was not a good game for us. Hopefully, oh, this is not bonus point. Oh, uh, the say, bonus point. Yeah, who who stadium was it at? Um, Etihad. Yep, you're right. Oh, uh, sadly, it was an away one. 
but sadly uh we we got spanked that day five zero and i'm hoping that does not bode well for uh saturday uh hopefully that is not going to be history competing you know um well, before I say it, because I haven't read the rest of these questions, I was going to give a bit of history on this, but that's okay. Let's move on to question number two. This is for Mark. Who was the last Fulham manager to beat Man City? Okay. Your your possible answers are Roy Hodgson, Mark Hughes, Martin Joel, and Rene Molstein. Okay. Now, while you're thinking about it, Hodgson, Hughes, Joel, Molstein, for a bonus, tell me, what the score was and who the last score scorer of the game was that clinched the final for us. So what um, do you think, Mark? I'm I'm gonna go with Roy Hodgson and I think it was uh Dempsey who got the goal. I'm 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 gonna I don't know the score line, but I think Dempsey is the one who got the goals. And this is actually one of the big reasons why I love uh Dempsey. He scored two in that game and the only reason I know this is because I had to go back. I don't remember this off the top of my head. I had to go back and re- remind myself of this game. He actually scored two. He he opened our us up in the second half, uh, and then he he did the brace that was it was a great shot from outside the box uh, that that he scored with that you know just one of the classic Dempsey goals for me. So yep. So it, the answer was it was under Roy's uh, uh, leadership. And it was 3-1 was the score. But I'll give you the extra bonus point because you got Dempsey uh, was the final score for that game. So we're going to leave it with the extra point all tied up at 2-2. Okay, round number two, guys. For you listeners, this is going to be a true or false question. Uh, Mark, I'll go to you first. You want set number one or set number two? Uh, I'll go set number two. Okay, set number two. Gone but not forgotten, Patrick Roberts has played more times for Man City than he has for Fulham. True or false? Oh, see, that, that's a tough one because I, uh, he didn't actually play too many times for us. I'm going to say false because he's been at Celtic for, for a couple of years now. I'm going to say he's played more times for Fulham than he has for Man City. So the answer is false for you listeners. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. For Fulham... In the 22 times that he was uh, on the lineup, he only got three starts. For Man City, the three times he's in their lineup, he got no starts. So his time at Man City obviously was not the greatest. Wish he'd have stayed with us. And uh, moving on, though, set number one there for you, uh, John. You ready? Ready, yep. All right. Jeff Horsfield scored the last goal for Fulham at Main Road, before Man City moved to the city of Manchester Stadium. True or false? Jeff Horsfield scored the last goal for Fulham at Main Road, before Man City moved to their new stadium. mm, Taking a punt here. Um, True. It's actually false. The real person who scored the goal in a 4-1 defeat, okay, was Steed. Steve Montblanc. There we go. Sadly, you know, in that game, it was the last goal that we, we scored against them, and it was, again, City beating us by a, a, a really bad scoreline. So, again, hopefully these are not omens of what's to come. 
<laughs> Hopefully, this uh, is all we, in the past. All in the we, past, guys. We've got it all out of the way. Yeah, we're we're done. We're moving on. We're going to be much better. <laughs> all right. Next round, round three. This is a yes or no. Did they play? Did the player play for both clubs? John, would you like set one or set two? Oh, uh, I'll, I'll stick with set one. Okay. So I'm going to list off uh, five players, and I want you to tell me a yes or no. Did they play for Fulham? Or I'm sorry, for both clubs. Not just Fulham, but both clubs. Okay. So each one needs a yes or an, and a no. Each yeah. one is a yes or no. Each one is a point. Okay. I'll take two. Okay. So set one. Did Kit Simons play for both clubs? No. The answer is actually yes. Of course it is. <laughs> Jerome Bonacell, yes or no? No. You're right. He did not. Michael Brown. Mm. I want to say no. I don't think he played for them. He did. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> Wayne Bridges, yes or no? Yes. Correct. Mark Crossley. I think he did as well. Yes. He did not. So Well, did I get to I, I wanted to. I, I'm happy got, with my We got two out of there, there. so we're, we're we're sitting at three to four. Uh John's turn I mean Mark's turn here. Um this this seems tough. I don't, I'm not, not sure if I like I this. I think they were a little bit before my time, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I don't know how I'll do that. Oh, my God. Well, trust me. You know, I did not surf on the club until McBride came into play in 2007 uh, and, and Dempsey. So this is a lot before my times. But uh, at any rate, set number two. Here we go for you, Mark. Nicholas Jensen, yes or no? Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, Jensen is actually a yes. The next one is Ituhu. Is he a yes or no? I'm going to say yes again. It's just going to be he, wrong. He did. It? He actually did. Yeah, he did, that's did, one. Okay. did play for both. The next one, Biane Goldbeck. Yes or no? Uh, no. You're correct. He was a no. Peter Birdsley. Peter Beardsley. Uh, no, I'm going to say no. He was a yes. <sighs> Last one for you. I did not know he played for Man City. Carry on. Yeah, go. Paul Brooker. Paul Brooker. Um, I'm going to say no. You are correct. We are oh, sitting at oh, six it there. to four. Six to four. Oh, uh, leading towards Mark. Round number four. This is an odd one out for you listeners, okay? And since, John, you're behind, I'm going to give you the option. Set one or set two? Uh, I think my doom is impending either way. I'm going to stick with one. I'm loyal to the end. (laughs) All right, John, so set one, question one. Which player hasn't scored at the Etihad Stadium for Fulham? So who has not scored at the Man City Stadium for Fulham? Your answers or your potential answers are Clint Dempsey, uh, Collins John, Brian McBride, or Damian Duff. Of those four, who has not scored at Man City Stadium for Fulham? 
Dempsey, John, McBride, or Duff? Oh, I'm going to go for Duffer. Uh, you're saying Duff. I mean, it's a guess, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the correct answer actually is Brian McBride. I didn't want to stab a dagger in your back with that, you know. He, 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 <laughs> well, you know, I, I love the guy, but, you know, he, he didn't always score, you know. And that's the same way with Clint, so at any rate. All right. So your question there, Mr. Mark, which one of these center halves has not scored against us in the Premier League while playing for Manchester City? Which one of these halves, center halves, has not scored against us while playing for Man City. Your options are Sivian Destin, Vince Company, Richard Dunn, or Martin Dimichelis. Is that right? Yeah. Dimich- um, Dimichelis I, I'm pr- definitely scored against us in the 5 0. Uh, what were my other three again? I had uh, uh, Dunn, didn't I? Has <sighs> Dunn scored against us? So you, yeah, you've got uh, uh, Sylvian Company, Dylan Distan, Martin. So I think Company one? scored against us as well. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Dunn, uh, who hasn't scored against us. So I have down here that actually it's Sylvian Distan did not oh, score. Company scored one goal, Dunn scored one goal, and Martin scored one goal. So Dunn was quite prolific for a centre back. Should have gone question number two. you know and again that's where city has always had for the longest time you know these fantastic players they keep bringing in and bringing in so you have to give them credit there i I wish it wasn't true but round five buzzer round here and in the buzzer round uh listeners we're going to have our players they're going to either say pie or pasty to buzz in and i believe john you picked uh pasty right yes okay so mark you'll you'll buzz in saying pie okay oh i will Question number one. Who was the last Fulham player to score against Man City at the Cottage on the 21st of December in 2013? So who was the last uh, player? Hi. Okay, who do uh, you got? It, it was Kieran Richardson. You're correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Great knowledge. Yeah. Great game. We lost. Great game. Lost 4-2. You're right. Uh, to, with... <laughs> Vincent Company scored the other goal with the most bizarre on goal you've ever seen. <laughs> so I actually I don't recall that one. I'll have to look that one up. But oh, it was so funny! Was one of the most bizarre goals. Do you remember the goal? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he tried to clear it, maybe, and it's kind of like come off of the top of his leg and kind of gone in behind him. It was definitely worth a YouTube. <laughs> okay, that's going to be one of my highlights for tonight uh, when when I'm sitting. Uh, just resting. All right, guys. So going on to question number two. Manchester City have had 27 goal scorers against Fulham in the Premier League era. Name one of the two joint top scorers against us with four goals each. Now think about this. Okay, I'm going to read this again before you guys buzz in. Okay. Manchester City have had 27 goal scorers against us while we were in the Premier League. Name one of the two joint top scorers against us with four goals each. So both of them are sitting at, at four goals. You guys ready? Go ahead. Who's got it? Hasty. Oh. All right. 
Hastings. Oh, I'll give it, I mean, I'm going to guess Aguero, but I have no idea. You're correct. Aguero's one. And Can just I for the, hell the other it. one? What, what do you think the other one is, uh, Mark? Purely based on the fact he got a hat trick against us, I'm going to guess it's Yaya Toure. You're correct. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm going to do there. I'm going to give John two for getting the first one right. I'll give Mark one for getting picking up the last guy. So that that's would it, put us. I think you probably deserves more than me. Six, <laughs> that, that would put us at, at, at six to seven. Okay. Last question. All to play for. Okay. Oh, sweaty palms. During the Great Escape season, we famously came back from two goals down to win two to three. Awesome game. Kamara scored twice, either side of Murphy's penalty. But who was fouled that allowed us to get the penalty? Who was fouled? Oh, God. Um, uh, Pi, I'm going to say McBride. Okay. Just for the heck of it. And this is where in the States we have a saying, and you guys won't understand. Just for shits and giggles. John, what would your answer be? Oh, it was, I think it was someone on the back. Um, Davies was even with it. Oh. Yeah, Davies. I, I, I can picture it. I can't picture the player. Hopefully, you listeners got this because neither one of our guys got this. Uh, Eric Nevlin. Oh, oh God. Yeah. So that will wrap us up. We're going to say that. Uh, Mark wins seven to six. Okay, so congrats. Well done, Mark. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, you know, well done to Danny. uh, And and I think Morgs helps out every now and then, Morgan, with these questions. I'm telling you, there is no way I could get any of these answers. I would totally uh, be down with zero or or two points maybe at at best. So well well done to them, guys. And that's going to wrap up our quiz. We're going to move on. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Ready. And we're back from our quiz. Guys, I want to talk about the ultimate game down memory lane for us. And this was a big part of our quiz. The Man City 2v3, Fulham's Great Escape in 2008. And before I get your guys' take on this, I want to just bring up a couple, a couple things. Number one, this is the very first season. or the I, I knew who Fulham was, okay? Uh, but this was the one of the big seasons of why I started following Fulham. And again, if you're an an American uh, and if you're walking around with a Fulham Jersey on, it is very recognizable. A lot of people recognize the Fulham emblem and the crest. Okay. I know a lot of people wish it was the old crest, but I'm just telling you international wise, the current crest is very recognizable. So if I'm wearing one of my, my shirts, most people will stop and say, Hey, Fulham, why do you follow them? And this is the season why I really started following. And that was because, Right off the bat, you had three Americans in the team, and they weren't just in the team. They were starters. So during this game, you had Brian McBride, Dempsey, and a lot of people forget this guy. I I don't know why. Casey Keller. The one thing I would point out, and I I was talking about this with Mark earlier, is McBride was a steal, especially nowadays as far as how much we Fulham paid to bring him in. He was only... 1.5 1.5 million pounds. So I can't think of anybody else. Uh, Mark, you you mentioned how he's always in the top transfers. Who else would have been that cheap that did so much for Fulham? 
Yeah, it's 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 a funny one, isn't it? Because you look at you know some of the players we're we're signing now, uh, and, and you compare them to you know the impact that players like McBride and even Dempsey. Dempsey was only what was it three point five, four point five. He was four uh, million. So four million exactly. And you look at the comparison now. Obviously, you've got you know huge inflation since then, but going on on impact, you know, I think McBride has to be up there with with some of the. Some of the and I think you mentioned uh, Casey done. Keller was a free. Uh, I think yeah. I see, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get it wrong, but I think he was a free from Mosh and Gladbach in Germany, um, which again was you know a good bit of business because he played a few games for us. So, and he was a, a, a prolific in, in between the sticks, obviously. So again, uh, John, as I mentioned, I started kind of really following Fulham around 2004 when McBride came in. But it was this season where three Americans were on the pitch that I really, really fell in love with Fulham and and really started uh, following them. It was not a good season for us. Uh, I know we started off well, if I'm not mistaken, John, we started off actually pretty good. I should look that up. It was like one of the top teams, United or Arsenal, that we actually we beat, I think, in the beginning. But then we just kind of slid downhill after that. And going into this game, it was huge for us because we were pretty much relegated at this point. We we needed what were the other two results, John? We needed. Do you remember? Um, oh, I can't. I can't. Mark, say do you remember I, who, who who were the other two results? We needed um, Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Oh, there was a one. Oh, I, I don't want to say Ipswich because I feel like uh, I feel like I'll be wrong. I think it was Birmingham definitely, and maybe Reading as well that we were that watching to make sure. Sounds about right. If I, I'm, I'm, yeah. my memory is not. I think the it best. was. I think Derby were already gone. I think it was Birmingham and Reading. But we were pretty much it. relegated by this, especially being down two nil. It looked like nails were in the coffin, and, and we were done. So, if you think about the the game, John, you you, if you're like me, or you probably actually you guys probably weren't like me. And here's the problem with for this game for me. And actually, I was I was talking to John about this earlier. In the United States that year, Fox Network got the rights and they started off with this Fox Soccer Channel. Okay, uh, sorry for the word soccer, but it was called Fox Soccer Channel. And a lot of these channels were extra, and I didn't want to pay that much. So it was a thing of gentleman Jim, a shoddy connection. I didn't always get to hear what was going on. So it was a, for me, a heart in my hand, pounding through my chest because we were just losing so bad. And then you hear we actually scored. Do you remember this game pretty well, John? If you don't, there's a great YouTube video that's got over a thousand hits. And I'm willing to bet I'm probably 300 of the hits because it's, again, three of my favorite American players. What do you recall of this, this game there, John? Um, unfortunately, I was I was working that Saturday, so I wasn't watching it live or anything like that. Um, to, I'm quite an optimistic fan, but I had kind of resigned to us going down. I think that season really. I mean, but the week before we we beat Reading away, and and that doing a bit of reason. It's not all the top of my head, as you could see from the quiz. And that was our first away win in 18 months. Um, so going into this, I mean, City weren't the team we see now. You know, the kind of challenging for the title well they were top four contenders um and they had invested quite a lot so this was not looking looking good i couldn't follow the game live so i only found out later um and watched watched the highlights with, with my dad but it, it kind of all this is where the momentum for me personally i started to believe again and uh yeah this was it actually, was hard not to come back and say now i believe that we could do something 
just the way they played. Oh, uh, big time. The, 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 diff- the problem for me was I didn't see it go 2-0, then back to 3-2. But, I mean, watching it late with my dad was, was quite special. And it was it was four and a half years since we'd won back-to-back away wins. So um, we we pick, we chose our time, you know, to, to save that one up. Um, well, it was, but it was actually we had three that year, right? Yes. It wasn't just back-to-back. We, we pumped Pompey, through. Pompey, Pompey. Yeah, you're stretching my... I didn't do that much research. Um, this was the memory. So um, <laughs> for next time we play Pompey, I'll bring that one out. But um, yeah, but it was it was very special. I, I, I went to the um, the next, the next, the Birmingham game because I, I was sold that we were going to stay up then. But no, I mean, it was so it was so special and things kind of all started coming together and, um, you know, never a dull moment. It, it, we couldn't have, you know, you, they always say you, you couldn't have written it, but um, it really was special. The stars aligned. And I'm working this Saturday, so it's... That's why I'm going for a 3-2 to Fulham again. So hopefully tradition stands for you. Mark, what are your memories of this game, especially first half versus second half? What what did you think about the whole game? Well, um, obviously being being one of the youngest in the Fulham Focus team, uh, my memories of this are um, uh, watching this with with my dad at home. I was on the – I had the gentleman gym commentary going, and we had it on Soccer Saturday as well. uh, I thought probably my biggest memory of it is the fact that Kamara came off the bench. I thought, uh, you know, uh, as super subs go, that is one of the best things you want for your players. So um, for him to come on and that first goal, I remember finally catching up on on the the, the highlights on match of the day and uh, and seeing it squeeze squirm through Joe Hart's legs. That that first goal, it had no right to go in, and um, it was one of those moments that really sums up your season. Uh, and bear in mind, you know, we stayed up on goal difference that that year that it, it, you can't underestimate how crucial these moments are and, and how important that result is considering the year we had after that and then obviously even the run to Europa. And maybe none of this would have happened if Joe Hart had maybe put his legs one centimetre closer together. So these fine margins are what we live for. But as far as the actual day goes, yeah, I, I remember being being so happy afterwards. It, it's one of those results that you can walk in uh, I, I walked into school the next morning with a or on the Monday morning rather uh, with a huge smile on my face. And um, although there aren't too many Man City fans uh, down in the south, uh, it, you know it, there's there's a certain level of respect you get for coming away from from there uh, with three points. And I really hope I can go into work on to Monday morning and and have that same face that I had almost ten years ago now uh, and and repeat that. So uh, so hopefully we can do it. So when I look at that game. Uh, you know, the, the the videos that I could see. And I think back about trying to listen to the game. One of the most frustrating things for me was I, I did get to hear the first goal when it was scored uh, from, from Gentleman Jim. So I knew we were kind of starting to come back. What I didn't catch was it was building up play. And all of a sudden, I, I it, it literally, I'll never forget this. It said, and that's a harsh tackle or something like that. And then it went in and it dropped out and I couldn't get the dang thing to come back. I couldn't get it to come back. I couldn't get it to come back. Nothing was coming up online. I had no idea what was going on. And so my heart was, I swear, ready to burst through my chest when it turned around and I heard penalty. And then I heard, but he's missed and it dropped out again. <laughs> but I figured, damn it. We had a chance at a PK and we missed. And then it was, I don't know, seemed like a long time, probably just seconds, but it seemed like minutes. And it came back and he actually got the rebound. And I couldn't believe 
that against Joe Hart, who at that time was highly, highly regarded as, you know, he was England's number one and a top goalie. So for him to, to save the PK, I figured, oh, that's it. You know, he's, he saved the penalty. That's done. But for Murphy to re get the rebound and to put it in, and that's when, for me, I really felt like, okay, this is, we've got a chance. You know, if we could, we, we've got a chance of staying up, which I was praying. You guys can't understand. In the United States, especially even back then, you know, 2007, 2008, if you were relegated to the dang championship, it was hard to, to get news, games. It was like impossible. Nobody just covered that stuff. If you weren't Premier League, nobody covered it. So now I know, John, I think you're just a couple years older than Mark. So obviously, age is always a factor in what people are going to say as far as some of the greatest games ever, you know, in, in Fulham's history. Where would that game sit, though, in, in, in your mind, John, as far as being one of the greatest matches for, for Fulham? I think from a kind of Fulham perspective, it's 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 really up there because, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it, without that, there would have been so much, so much would have been different. You know, when I mean, would Hodgson have stayed on? Would we have supported him? Would we would we have got the teams with those players have stuck together? Almost, you know, almost certainly not. Um, I mean, not being at the game, it doesn't diminish its importance. But obviously, personally, you know, not not even being able to follow it live kind of I you know, I was at the Juventus game, I was at the next Birmingham game, you know, I was at Wembley at the Europa League final. So for me they they hold a slice. But a lot of that wouldn't have happened without this game. And um obviously the tra- fans who travelled there must have uh must have had a Oh know, they must have been going <laughs> Yeah, oh, it must have been incredible. Um jealous. But um, as I said, working this Saturday, so um the stars are gonna align again. Um <laughs> and then Mark said Kamara to score two. Uh we are good at missing penalties, so that could happen as well. Oh. I'm hoping that's behind us. All right, guys, so we're going to have to start wrapping up the podcast, but before we do, I want to ask both of you uh, about your final thoughts about the City game, the upcoming game, or uh, about our great escape game. John, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to the City game, to be honest. I mean, this is the reason we want to play in the Premier League. This is why I wanted to be promoted, to test ourselves against the best, and you know, a good performance, even if we come away with nothing, would would be massive. You know, and and um, and yeah, as I say, you know, we should be embracing games like this and hopefully get something out of it. But I'm not going to be, you know, with, with a steady performance, I'm not going to be too too down on the boys. What do you think, Mark? Any last thoughts? Oh, I'm I'm excited as well. I mean, you get the same buzz as you do for every Fulham game, and and it's a chance to test ourselves against the best team in the country. So you know what. I, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. I hope we can go and get uh, at least one point. And, and like I said earlier, if we can go and get all three, then fantastic. Why not? So my final thought will be this. I was, you know, uh, not being very optimistic earlier, but now going down memory lane with you guys, the possibilities are there. They are definitely there. So who knows? Come on, you whites. Do it all over again. Pull something out of the... Uh, out of the, the rear surprise and just win it all, win it all. Uh, hopefully we get Mark's prediction with this incredible uh, score. <laughs> what, what was it? Four zero? Four nil. Four nil. Yes. All right, guys. So with that, we're going to wrap up this podcast. But before I do go, I want to say, please, please visit the Fulham Focus uh, website. If you have not, 
we have so many great extras on there between the podcast you know we've also got q and a's we've got our league fantasy league going which you know obviously uh, everybody hopefully has been looking into making changes i heard that shaw got injured Is, did, I, did i not see that correct john shaw got injured in uh, the, the england game Yes, he he was stretched off with auction and all that. So um, hopefully you know he gets better soon. But I would I wouldn't play him in my team if I was you. Yeah, he's definitely one of those injuries that uh, you guys better be looking at and looking to substitute. Mark, do you have anything? Uh, you're you're the uh, the the fantasy league manager guy kind of guy. Do you have any <laughs> predictions you might want to do real quick? Um, see, a lot of my friends have been telling me to to get Aguero in their team and to triple captain him this week, seeing as he's coming up against you know triple our defense who's conceded two. Yeah, you can triple captain your uh, your, your your one of your players. But uh, as far as uh, predictions go, I haven't actually given it much thought at the moment. The international break has kind of skewed me a little bit. Um, but if you come to me on Friday around six p.m., I'm sure I'll have about a million different players that. I'm certain we'll score a load of points and eventually won't. But well, I know I definitely need to go back and look at mine because I do believe I've got Shaw in my back lineup. So I've got to really think about what I'm going to do with him. At any rate, guys, back to the Fulham Focus website again. Some great Q and A's. The last one is an audio Q and A that Danny does with Zat Knight, and Zat played 150 Premier League games for the club. That leaves him sitting in eighth of the all-time Premier League performances uh, or appearances for the club. He also shares in the podcast some great memories that he has of when he was at the club. So please give that a, a listen and check it out. Uh, last thing to say is that I do want to make sure everybody knows that our pod, uh, podcast and our Q&As, they should be found, uh, able to be found on iTunes and other podcast apps. So please, please look for them. If not, you can always go to our website, fullandfocus.com. Well, guys, I want to thank you both for joining us. John, it's been great. That's where you could have said something, John, thank you, or something. I, I did say something. I was just muted. <laughs> <laughs> it, was the best, it was the best thing I said for the whole show. Okay, you know I'm leaving that in the podcast. Please do. Mark, great to have you back. Hopefully we'll have a good win and your predictions hold true. <laughs> Hopefully so, John. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. As always, come on, you whites. Come on, come on you whites. <laughs>